welcome back to TGE, the podcast with myself, Sven, and my good friend, Tyler, where we're looking at two comedies from different decades. We're talking about European Vacation, the National Lampoon classic with Chevy Chase, and we're looking at Dead is Home number two. We're going to get into the second part of this holiday special in just a second. I just wanted to take this opportunity to wish you a really great start into 2019. If you're listening to this right when it comes out, it's New Year's Eve today. I hope you have great plans for the new year and things work out for you. I know for us, the channel... There's going to be lots of interesting stuff coming down the pipe. And I want to take this opportunity and thank Tyler, who is really the driving force behind this podcast. Right now, he's not listening in. I'm recording this separately. So I do want to express my gratitude towards you, Tyler, for putting this all together and keep me going. Really turn this into an opportunity to look at exciting films that maybe I haven't seen in a long time or not at all and do some really interesting films. Stuff that uh, we can really get into scenes and look at the details and maybe discover some things that you haven't noticed or we when it comes to the craft of filmmaking. If you're interested in not just having me or Tyler talk about editing, I just want to point out that on Patreon, I just started a new series, a video series, where you can watch me edit and I started a new feature. Right now, there are already three episodes on there where I just go right into it. I'm just cutting the scenes as, a, as it's happening, and you can see me discover the scenes in a very intuitive way. It's a crime thriller period piece. It's kind of a very exciting story for me because I haven't done a thriller like this before. There's going to be a free episode you can watch right now, and that is available at thisguyedits.com slash watchme. All one word, watch me, all small letters. Thisguyedits.com slash watch me. Thank you for being a podcast listener. I wish you all the best for 2019. And let's get started with part two. And ironically, looking at this, it was far less ridiculous than some of the scenes in the first Daddy's Home movie. And I don't remember a lot of these, and I looked at it on Amazon, I scanned through it. I don't remember a lot of these huge effects scenes in Daddy's Home 2. I feel like there were like two or three, and it was almost like they felt like they had to because that was a lot of the success of the first one, apparently. It was these ridiculous, ridiculous special effects action sequences that were great trailer moments that I don't think there were a lot of in Daddy's Home 2, so you know of like Will Ferrell driving the motorcycle blasted off into the house on Mark Wahlberg's motorcycle and gets like stuck in the drywall and Wahlberg has to punch him out of it just these crazy impossible things and trashes his car and there just wasn't as much of that stuff in in the second one it was more just kind of a tilt tilt of the hat to it yeah I mean definitely Mm -hmm. notice that it's more of a spectacle that is replacing story so if we compare it directly to Right. Um, Christmas Vacation. There's a story behind what's going on, and here it's just an effect with a with a yeah. tag, and then a second tag or a third tag, and mm-hmm. it works. It's fine. The problem that I'm having is if, like, I'm just jumping from one spectacle to the next one, it gets tiring right. after a while. I'd rather have characters go through obstacles 
Right. I don't quite know if this is a character really making character choices to to overcome and achieve a goal. I'm not sure. I think it's more of stuff is happening to him. Right. And it's also funny because in both cases, we're dealing with comedians that have very clearly established personas. Like Chevy Chase is known very much for his stunts and falls and stuff like that, especially at the time of Christmas Vacation. And Will Ferrell is kind of one of those few comics that's at a point where he can just walk into a movie and you know what you're going to be getting. It's just, well, what's his job this time? And give us that feral energy so he can get away with this. And I do think it's funny. Like, I do agree with you that, like, I laugh at the, at that snowblower thing, but trying not to, like, oh, I'm better than this. But it does, <laughs> there is something about the excess of it. But it makes me wonder, because you know so much of this is influenced by test screenings, and it's so easy now to play comedies. And some films, like the Seth Rogen ones, will be edited the in Apatow would do this too. The laugh track will be recorded, not the laugh track, but the audience's reactions. The mm-hmm. laughter will be recorded and then put into the cut of the movie when they go back into the re edit so they can figure out how to milk the humor. And it's almost like comedy steroids. And I wonder, although it does get big laughs, and I do think it's funny to see Will Ferrell ride a skateboard into power lines, I just wonder if you, getting those laughs in the moment sometimes that's not. I don't know. The audience doesn't walk out of the film having such like a great memory of it. Whereas something like Christmas vacation, it really endures because there's a, I don't know, meaning or something behind, behind this stuff. Yeah. And I also feel if you, if you don't rely on the effects so heavily, then you need to be challenging the story more or the events more. Right. Where that almost starts being shot before, the rest of the movie does because they know it's a big effect thing it's been previsd yeah it's just kind of unrelated to it if we if we compare it to a movie like Roger Rabbit where we're actually seeing effects that are really adding something special to the movie mhm and also i mean a lot of that is like ca- is cartoon so the excess of you know dodging like 50 knives and you know cartoons getting away with with this kind of stuff it's just this interesting balance of well, now we can do that to human beings. Like you could do like a, a photorealistic Wile E. Coyote movie, but would it ever work if Mark Wahlberg was playing Wile E. Coyote, just trying to kill Will Ferrell as he ran around really fast, having giant bowlers on him? Like, would that work or, or why? You know, I guess it's just more of a question than something we have an answer to. Hmm. I do like this joke with the car at one oh nine. When he says, hey, what about the dents in my car? And then the the right. machine just falls on top of the car. I thought that's, that's awesome. Surprising. Yeah, that's just, yeah, and that's also a callback to the first movie. Um, I mean, so it's weird. It's like a sequel. They're like, oh, well, how can we destroy his car again? All right, shall we look at the next scene? Yes. So now we're going to look at maybe a little bit of the opposite scenario where we have a movie like Christmas Vacation. And the vacation movies did do this quite often where we actually are kind of using effects and having impo- completely impossible things happen. And that's going to be the sledding scene. And we're going to compla- compare the sledding scene in Christmas Vacation to the sledding scene in Daddy's Home 2. All right. It's Christmas Vacation Downhill Fast. And so this is another famous scene where, again, there's a really great idea behind it of, okay, well, what if a dude greased his sled and you kind of have that great, even in just saying it, it's like a great kind of iconic moment. Yeah, let's do it. So Griswold's greasing up his his sled here. 
he's bragging about how fast it's going to be and and he again he it's all about him wanting to be the best okay so three two click you know that metal plate in my head ah, how can i forget i had to have it replaced because every time Catherine revved up the microwave i'd piss my pants and forget who i was okay so they got these <laughs> sledding shields that they're Polishing. And Randy Quaid's. I don't know if I ought to go sailing down no hill with nothing between the ground of my brain but a piece of government plastic. <laughs> Again, in a way, kind of setting up the stakes of why this is dangerous to do. Well, you see, the, the plate runs right underneath my part here. And these over here, it's, you know, nothing. But, but here, if this gets dented, then my hair just ain't going to look right. Another feeling. Oh. I better try this first, see how it works. And it's a new sled, it's all set up, no one's done this before. Don't worry about Eddie. Going for a new amateur recreational saucer sled land speed record, Clark <laughs> W. Griswold Jr. See how far the distance Remember, don't is. Try this at home, kids. I am a professional. Show it off to everybody. Is that his catchphrase? Oh. I am a professional. <laughs> Rip, pen. Boom. And then that's the joke is we have this completely impossible visual effect happen. It's like terrible green screen. <laughs> in, in the woods. And this exact thing we're talking about where it's completely impossible. Oh, really? This goes on for a while. He's going through a shed. We have these impossible sparks shooting out. He's just riding through the street now. School bus. Crashes right into a Walmart parking lot. And the family reacting. Oh, right. Okay. Did not remember this. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I just watched Daddy's Home (laughs) 2. Right. So that's the twist we were holding out for the second part of the podcast is this stuff has been done all along. Um, yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's an attempt to go bigger than reality. Mm-hmm. It went all over the top. I, I, I don't know. I'm. I can't say that I'm. The one thing I can say is it goes on very long, where things don't change. Like between when he's going through the shed, and mm-hmm. once I get used to the idea that this is like. Um, a super fast fantasy sequence there's like another <laughs> 30 seconds of the same thing happening and yeah right so yeah it does in at least in the way we're watching it it kind of lags but the thing that really jumps out is one the way that the the special effect is used which i think is what makes it funny and it's just the fact that he counts down and is just instantaneously gone like we don't see any excuse for the special effect we don't see it build into it it's just like you know very cartoonish in in the humor humor of someone like dashing off and leaving like a smoke-shaped version of themselves and the other thing that jumps out is the crossing the street yeah 
Because that's not, I mean, again, I feel like there's probably ways to take that further. And I'm not going to say that's realistic, but it's certainly, there's something that I feel like people carry around or always worried about. Like, oh, what if I went too far on the sled hill and ended up in the street? And you kind of get to see that, which is a little fun, even though it's completely impossible. It's still kind of grounded in a way. He just kind of shoots across the street and just have an overwhelming amount of spark shooting out from under him. But it is definitely in that realm of like special effect comedy for 1989. Yeah, I, I mean, so, I'm watching it over again. I I don't know if it really works for me. That mm-hmm. that f- first moment where he like shoots like like a cannon or warp speed. Mm-hmm. I'm just very confused what what they're trying to say here. And then it's just normal. Like you could just have him go down the hill at. And and then it would be sort of within the world of what I've seen so far in in the mm-hmm. film. But now the one thing I will say though that I think did does give it the what we need and are kind of looking for is how character based this moment is. Yeah. Because again, he's a guy who just has to do better than anybody. He has to do the best. He has to have the, have the biggest Christmas. So we keep seeing the extent that could be taken to and him using the super polish on this super crazy sled that he got off market or whatever is that you're not supposed to be using on that hill is is fun because it's about just a guy who's his own worst enemy, basically. Yeah, okay. I'll buy that. I'll take that. (laughs) And I think another thing... Well, it's a tough situation for us to be in because we came in defending Christmas Vacation so hard and then we twisted it where now we're seeing it do exactly what we said... Not to do. <laughs> we don't like, but I will say it's worth analyzing and looking at because why is this such a memorable scene? I mean, at least this has always been like a memorable scene that always gets mentioned when I go to, you know, the few times I've been to Sled Hills and stuff like that, like some family member will bring it up like, oh, did you see Christmas Vacation? So there's something about that thing of like the deeper connection where I don't really get that. And I don't think it's the box office why when someone takes out a snowblower, no one has that moment of like, oh, you see, uh, you see daddy's home too. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to carry on for the 40 years that, that this one has that moment where this is really just kind of, again, taking a thing that everyone has, someone finally made that, pulled that joke out of the air about yeah. someone just going too hard on this sled, which we see a lot in Christmas Story too, which is, is fun and what we're not talking about. From what you remember, is there an, another moment like this in the film where it just goes completely off the book? Well, you mean in terms of like using effects comedy or... Yeah, like it just like breaking its own re- level of reality. I think that happens with the squirrel in the tree. Okay. To some, and that's like the big climax of the whole thing. Okay, so it's not the only just like a little time. fun. Yeah, but now I think it'll be interesting to compare them. Let's take a look at how Daddy's home handles sledding. Okay. Which again, I mean, obviously with Christmas lights and with sledding, that's the precedent that Christmas Vacation set is that these movies are still living in its wake. So let's just check out the Daddy's Home 2 clip tubing. Here we go. And see what we think of that. And this one, again, I I can't tell you a lot about what's going on in this scene. Will Ferrell's definitely at a sled hill, though. You ready for this? Yes, I am. Okay, so three, two, click. One group goes. Where's your glove? Will Ferrell's on the sled. Oh, he loses the baby. And then has to grab another sled. Catch up with it, yeah, on his own tube. A lot of like green screen already. (laughs) 
bystanders reacting. Watch out, okay. Ouch. With from the wife. Oh, she catches the baby. Oh, she does. Nice. With save. So everything would have been fine. And Farrell's totally out of control. It's My ball. Oh, oh. That's Brad. That's Brad. And then... That boy never... And he's in his underwear. <laughs> Weirdly, it's Gibson kind of <laughs> laughing at the end that for some reason makes it funny to me. I don't know why. <laughs> This is our. This is the natural follow-up to to Mad Max is to do this one. So, what do you think of that one, Sven? In terms of reality, which one would you say more is, is more realistic, Daddy's Home Two or Christmas Vacation? Oh, geez. Uh, if I have to pick one, I'm gonna go with Daddy's Home Two. Yeah, this could literally happen. That's that's the funny contrast, I guess, between these films. Is I, they're not mutually exclusive, but this Will Ferrell one could totally happen. So it's not even his body that hits the the window. It's just the tube flying up and making the sound yeah yeah which is almost a a betrayal to the daddy's home audience i feel like (laughs) to have a grounded scene like this i feel like this is an homage of the scene isn't it oh for sure like the way he's the the wardrobe and everything just for a moment you think you're watching chevy chase yeah oh totally yeah, so it goes to show you, and it's also kind of like, I don't know, that's what's weird about this, like doing a movie this way that's like a sequel to to just need to be in the shadow of something else to such a degree. Like, how are you going to, oh yeah, in his underwear, I didn't even. How are you going to top it? <laughs> Maybe that's always the question they were asking. Okay, we're doing the same scene, how are we going to top it? Yeah, and I feel like compared to what we saw with the snowblower, they didn't even try. <laughs> one One tube hitting a window? Come on. It's just an evil shot of Mel Gibson. Just looks evil. Right, yeah. And that's weird that that's kind of the funniest. To me, that's like the funniest thing is him just being such an a-hole. And I can't remember. I feel bad because as we start doing this, I'm remembering that there's something about Walmart and something about him hitting the donation bin at Walmart Uh that is the tag to a joke that's been set up. And I can't remember what it is. Yeah, or something that was just set up about that scene. So it is like a, a fulfilling thing. And then, you know, the reaction, the way the family's watching is more, I don't know, cinematic than the Gibson cackling and laughing and being a jerk. Closing thoughts. I thought it was interesting to compare comedy over a few decades and mm-hmm. to actually pick scenes that mirror each other to a certain degree. I thought you did an awesome job coming up with this concept (laughs) i think overall there may be some things that are working and they are timeless and they're working in the vacation movie and they might also be working in daddy's home and those are the things that i like about both films which is as a story unfolding through the action and i see a character that i care about trying to manage to survive in one way or another that's working right. for me. Mm-hmm. What's not working for me is when I see spectacle or special effects and it's breaking the reality or it's making me not care about what's going on there. And I saw that in both films. So Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting is they are both sequels. And yet there's something about Christmas Vacation where I... Th- think when we started you even expressed surprise that it was the third one 
Because mm-hmm. it just feels like such a whole, complete film. And if you watch it totally out of order, it's fine. Whereas Daddy's Home 2 is just so much more of, I don't know, a cashing in and like a paycheck and just not it just doesn't seem like a movie as a lot of effort really went into to make it distinct even from the original version of it yeah like the groundwork is laid so strongly for Will Ferrell in the first movie whereas for it's more of Wahlberg's I mean they both have their issues but Wahlberg's now in Will Ferrell's shoes in the second one and they kind of abandon it and don't it just doesn't um, it's not as resonant like the dad issues and, and stuff like that it's just kind of slipped in which is a style of comedy which you don't see in sequels a lot anymore. Now it's sequels are much more of, oh, you know, it doesn't really have to be by the books of the original. It can be something unique in, in and of itself. And it's kind of interesting that it didn't do very well because there's such a huge appetite for sequels now that this one would kind of tank to such an extent. Yeah. Well, I also think that Will Ferrell is sort of, in terms of his type of comedy, he's from a different mm-hmm. time like Anchorman right. and all this stuff. So I don't know if he innovated enough to still be current. Ooh. <laughs> Take that, Farrell. <laughs> but, you know, same thing for Chevy Chase, you know? Comedy is very, very, very of the moment. So it's funny. What makes comedy endure? And the vacation movies really have endured for whatever re- reason. And I think a lot of it's relatability, you yeah. know, of taking these things and, okay, well, let's take it to the furthest extent. And you can see maybe we use special effects to go too far here or there, but it certainly is, you know, relying on the world we live in for this stuff. You know, again, this is a two-part holiday episode at the time of recording. We're not quite sure how it's going to be playing out, but what we are sure of is that we're hoping you've had a happy New Year's at this point listening to part two. We hope you're able to check this out and check out some holiday films because that's the other thing is that such a genre too and there's some movies that certainly dominate it but it's always funny how every year there's room for, for that Christmas comedy or that holiday comedy to kind of raise its head and see if it will become the lasting enduring one or if someone's just going to make money off of it. This year it's Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it yet? No, no, no. It's New Year's. I don't know. Probably, the by now you probably have. I have no intention of seeing it. Um, so I'll probably get sucked into it because that's how the holidays work, right, folks? You don't want to go. <laughs> then everything else is sold out. And it's like, well, we'll see Aquaman. Oh, great. Here we are. Cool, um, man. Cool. Anything you want to say about the new year? It's going to be an interesting year. I don't know what's going to happen, but shit's going to change. What's on the horizon for you this year, Sven? I'm going to finish this feature. I'm going to release an editing course. And I'm going to keep on doing the YouTubes possibly nice. doing do a, podcast? a podcast too <laughs> <laughs> how about you what are you going to be doing um, I the thing I have a lot of stuff going on but the one thing I, that I'll talk about is I'm, I'm definitely you know I'm doing post-production two post-production classes for UCLA extensions one post-production for film and television in the winter and then also one in the spring so I'm looking forward to that there's always a lot of fun guest speakers that come Sven's going to be a guest speaker Uh, there's a lot of Emmy winners Ace Award winners that come speak to the class so that'll be very cool and I look forward to garnering knowledge from them to regurgitate on the podcast (laughs) nice (laughs) 
All right. So, yeah, have a happy new year. Thank you for taking part in the two-episode experiment. If you did, if you enjoy what you're hearing, definitely let us know. And if you if you have friends that are filmmakers, editors, writers, anything, let them know about the podcast. We appreciate the uh, spreading of the word and the growing listeners. So thank you for being part of it. We could not do it without you. So there's this link called thisguyedits.com slash podcast, and it'll show you where this podcast lives on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. And also, it will have an ability for you to leave comments. If you go to thisguyedits.com slash comment, it will take you to the Reddit, This Guy Edits, and there we will have a discussion going on, I'm sure. In terms of New Year's resolutions, I think I'm going to do an episode every week. My New Year's resolution, just keep on editing. Oh, and thank you to Curtis for the music, and as Sven always says... Happy editing. I'll just, yeah. And make a New Year's resolution to leave us a comment. Um, oh, no, to suggest a movie for us for, for next time. <laughs> I'm like toast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to go back to oh. Mindhunter. <laughs> so next Christmas, we'll be watching Mindhunter. All right. All right. Are you turning us off? Uh, if you don't have anything great to say. No, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> Did you stop recording? Oh, damn.